0: hello everybody welcome to episode 95 of the mind body music's podcast yeah so today we're talking with sarah vance sarah is a body image and emotional eating coach who helps others find peace and freedom around their body food and self-care she helps women reconnect with their inner radiant self and start living the life they truly deserved As a former bikini competitor and fitness model, she is familiar with extremes and encourages others to find their gray. I love that. That's beautiful. She believes in the power of our intuition, mindset, and standing in the power of who we truly are. Grab her free guide on five mind shifts to make to embrace your body and experience food freedom on the show notes for this episode. So You can go to episode 95 on my website to access her free guide. I'm really excited to share this episode because of the fact that me and Sarah have very similar backgrounds. We have been through a lot of the same things, her being a former bikini competitor and fitness model. I think we have a lot that we can jam out on, so I'm really excited to share this episode with you, and I think you all really enjoy getting the perspective that she has to share. Before we head on over, here is the review of the week, and this comes from Rachel with New With Newski. She says, Maddie Moon delivers with five stars. I referred many people to Maddie's podcast. Her likable personality and her balanced interviewing style makes for an enjoyable product. Her message of health at any size and the awareness she has brought to the seriousness of eating disorders is commendable. I feel like I am cheering on a friend as Maddie gains popularity and success. Keep on rocking, Maddie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. I, I need all of the cheering on as I can because this is a heavy topic and I'm really hoping I can get this message out to as many people as possible. Like I say, every week, this, these reviews are gold. So if you have not written a review on iTunes yet, it's so simple. Just go to iTunes, go to Podcast, search for mine, and then click write a review and then write a review. And then you will get on the podcast because I share them all. Thank you again, Rachel, for sharing those kind words. So before we head on over, I want to let everyone know that Scripture Food and Healing is still up. The doors are still open. They don't close until April 24th at 7 p.m. MST. If you do have any questions about this incredible transformative course, please let me know. If you are at all interested in... Using scripture as a very powerful tool for healing disordered eating, coming to terms with the body you have, the body you can, yes, you can love, this course may be the perfect thing for you. It is six weeks, and like Audrey was talking about in last week's episode, it's not quite like a devotional. It's more fit and it's more applicable to you and where you are currently with your food journey I tie all of these scriptures in with disordered eating and I think that's something that's been lacking in this world is a course that combines disordered eating with scripture with faith so I would love to have you in this course there are bible study calls with some of the most well-known popular disordered eating coaches from around the world there are six of those you have accountability partners there are are devotional sent to you every single day for the entire six weeks tons of different intensive assignments that you do and I guide you through great activities self-care rituals so many different amazing things that you can take part of and I don't know when I will be running this course next so I would love to have you in it and I would love to see you there so without further ado let's hear what Sarah has to say on the topic of fitness competitions fitness modeling and recovering from it all
1: welcome to the mind body musings podcast
0: Hey everybody and welcome back to the show. I'm here with Miss Sarah Vance and I am pretty pumped about this interview. Sarah comes from a very similar background as me and she's just someone that is a powerhouse in this body love industry, especially in regards to fitness and coming from a fitness uh, modeling background, fitness competitions. She's been there, she's done that. So I have really high expectations for this conversation, and I feel like we're going to have so many great things to talk about. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. What is up,
1: everyone?
0: Yay. This is so exciting.
1: I, feel I know. Like, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I feel like
0: we've known each other. At, well, okay. So we probably started talking to each other at least like a year and a half ago, if not more than that. Yes. Yeah. And I remember like we emailed a little bit just talking about like getting started with businesses. And then we both went through B school at the same time, which was really interesting. What did you how did you feel about that?
1: You know, it it was in the beginning. Well, actually, I guess B school kind of came in like a big moment for my life. Like I was just, um, you know, coming from my fitness background of being a personal trainer, being very much involved with that, and basically being the opposite of what I do now, mm-hmm. um, so I kind of was stuck in like just looking upward and being like, okay what is it that I want to do? Like, I need some guidance. I need some help. And I got an email from summer actually, um, that was talking about B-School and I was like, okay, this is it. So I'm just going to take the plunge. And so I did it. And you know, it was really great. It helped me like figure out where I wanted to go. It helped. It was just a really good guideline to just like figure out my audience and things like that. Um, because it can be really confusing going from one aspect to a completely different voice and learning how to step in that and maneuver around like the struggles of just having a business.
0: Right. Yeah, I feel really similarly. And it's interesting because like when I look back, whenever you first reached out to me, I remember your website and I remember like the photos you used and I'm right there with you. I did the exact same thing, which has been cool to kind of watch you do it because I remember like still getting kind of this fitness personal trainer vibe from your site. And like, yeah, I do fitness and I remember being in the same exact spot because it was only a few years ago for me and remembering how that transition is one of the hardest things because you're letting go of this person you think the world holds you to be, I'm this fitness chick. If I really change my website and my message, what's gonna happen? But your heart is so strong in this certain direction that you just, you have to let it go and you have to start fresh and go after what your heart is really truly asking. So bravo for
1: doing that. Thank you, yeah, I mean, it really just becomes like ingrained into your identity that that is what you're known for. So, you know, when you invest in all of that, like time, energy, emotions, sometimes money, um, just a lot, it's really hard to break away from that. And that can be an identity, not only as a business, but as yourself, like known as a fit chick or known as, you know, whatever it may be, fill in the blank. Um, if you identify as that, it's going to be really challenging and, and bring up a lot of emotions trying to break away from that because you've invested so much in it. But I mean, it's, it was a huge thing. And I mean, I tried, I like just redesigned my website. So I went through my rebranding and reference of like what I was speaking about, Uh, but the website was kind of just actually didn't change until a few months ago. And one of the biggest things for me that was so incredibly important for me, um, you know, my old URL was Sarah Vance fit. And that fit was just like hanging over my head so much. Like I wanted to get rid of it so bad because it just did not identify with who I was and what I was talking about. It was like the final like release of like letting it go and just being like, okay, I, I'm detaching from this and this is not who I hand this, and this is not about my life. And I like chased down this woman named Sarah Vance from like California trying to get this URL. It was a big <laughs> to do, but um, I finally got it. And it was just like such a big relief and it felt so proud to finally drop that and just be me, like Sarah Vance, no longer attached to that. And so um, that was just—it was such a good moment for me to have that. So, and it's crazy again how similar,
0: like both of us, what we went through the same thing because I was Moon Fitness, and I was Moon Fitness for like three or four years. My Twitter, my Instagram, my URL, Moon Fitness. And what what I think about for for you especially because you are such a You know, I'm going to use the word here, "fit person," because you are now. You are fit. Like in my view, you're living life. You're happy you're moving your body, you're indulging in all the beautiful aspects of life, but like you're physically fit as well. So now you actually are the true definition of fit, but it's (laughs) like that word still, like the the rest of the world does not quite understand. So when they see the word fit, they're gonna think other things, they're gonna expect all these things out of you. And it's just ironic to me, right? It's just so ironic that when you're actually truly your your fittest self, that word just doesn't apply.
1: It doesn't apply anymore. Absolutely. And I think that just is comes down to the perception that in our cultural, you know, ideal of what fit is, or even even the definition of healthy In reality. I mean, uh, when you really look at it, you know, health, we think of this very physical and fit this very physical component, not only uh, by a, a visual component physical component of it the visual aspect but not but also like biomarkers of like blood pressure and it's just it's way bigger than that like you know and I was in it so I didn't believe it like I forgot about all those other things um and I'm sure you did too about like emotional um you know mental psychological social all that other stuff that is involved with having a really amazing healthy beautiful life that like gets put on the back burner just because you become so focused on one thing um so i mean that was that was really i don't know it was just that's exactly what it, you're hit the nail on the head i mean it, i do identify as fit but it is definitely not the definition of what most people would would see before we get too far ahead of ourselves let's
0: rewind and go to your background your story and how you even got to where you are today
1: Okay, so my story is pretty much parallel with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, um, many, many years ago, I decided, um, you know, I wanted, well, first of all, I went to school for being a nurse. So, um, you know, one of the things that was important for me was to be active in my health, because I do know that, you know, we do have, depending on how we choose to live our life, you know, can reflect on our health, but not always, like that's majorly out of our control, Um I didn't learn that until later on down the road, but you know, I walk in as a new nurse and I'm totally terrified and as an ICU nurse at that. So I'm seeing these horrible, you know, instances of people with really bad illnesses. So I decided I wanted to get healthy. So I went to the gym and did the typical thing and then I started getting into strength training and I really never thought about my body. I just liked lifting weights and I didn't really become really conscious about it until a few of the years later, um, through some forums and just social media and, you know, blogging on how to get stronger. I saw a bikini competitor and I was like, okay, kind of, let me question about this. Like, eh, it was kind of whatever. My, um, parents both were bodybuilders. So that's, yeah. (laughs) So, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, I don't blame them, but I'm sure it has, hundred percent to, you know, some aspects to do with Mm -hmm. my story. Um, so I actually went to the Arnold classic, which is a really big fitness, um, expo that, you know, comes every year to Columbus, Ohio. And I was there supporting one of my friends that was competing in powerlifting. Well, I went ahead and ventured into the expo, which is like, think of Fitspo on freaking steroids, literally and figuratively, like Fitspo at his highest, like almighty self um so i saw this bikini competitor sitting there and at that time in my life i was going through a lot like just not fulfilled in a variety of ways in my life and i saw this bikini competitor and i was like i'm gonna do that so i questioned it you know tried to diet on my own and then realized i couldn't do it on my own went through some other stuff a breakup uh let's see my my parents moved I hated my job, just, I was kind of lost in life. And so I thought, well, this is the time that, that I definitely need to change my body. Let, I can't fix any of this, so let me, you know, go ahead and fix myself. So I hired a coach and, you know, went ahead and went on that route. And my first competition, you know, like I didn't really, I wasn't really overly obsessed or anything like that. It actually was a relatively joyous moment, my first competition. But as you get into it, at least for me, you will never have enough. You will always be looking and searching and searching and searching for that next level of lateness. And that is what happened. It just like I was getting my trophies, but that just wasn't enough. And that has to do a lot with all the other issues going on in my life, but also just the whole obsessiveness of what has happened, um, you know, through bikini competitions. So I ended up going to nationals, um, competed and dieted straight for about two years, did a lot of fitness modeling, competed like back-to-back shows. Like it was insane. I honestly don't know how I freaking did it while working as an ICU nurse on top of that. Um, And basically had no other life outside of those two things. So I, after my national show, I was on the beach having, you know, my photographer do these beautiful photos of me. And I was just like, is this it? Like, I don't have a period. I can't even like go out to dinner with my significant other without having a pure panic attack. Um, my hair is falling out. I just knew in the back of my head like something isn't right. Um, but during that time, you know, when you're so consumed in that, you want you just become consumed. So I was going to be a personal trainer. So here I am training these women, and it was so weird for me. It was such a surreal experience because all these women would come into my consultations and it was like me looking in a mirror from a very outside perspective because I was hearing verbally like what I was saying to myself in my head. I was now hearing it from other women Um, and I just couldn't get past that. It was really like profound for me because I was like this, we're all struggling here. Um, So many of us are struggling with the same issues. so that was a really big game changer for me. And then I did another you know, photo shoot and I had dieted and was doing two a days, just really extreme. And I remember walking into this photo shoot all confident, like, yeah, I look great. And the photographer says, don't worry about it. Like, we'll we'll Photoshop your stomach. And I ha- wasn't even thinking about it. And that's when I was just like, I gotta change. Like, this, mm-hmm. this is not okay. I'm selling something that other people are looking at, which is a big lie. Um, I've been lied to. Um, and that's when I really started getting into the body image, body positivity community. And that's when I was like, okay, I really have to change my relationship with myself, food, and how I choose to move my body. So now I help others break away from the diet mentality, find peace within their body, and around food. Mm. It was a long story. It's so it's so long. It's such a perfect story. (laughs) I love it. I'm glad you mentioned everything,
0: all parts are needed. Do you ever have moments where you look back and you think about these crazy things that you did for the sake of, you know, quote, health and fitness? Like for me personally, there was a time where I was doing two days when I had pneumonia because I was like so freaking terrified that if I missed a day, I would not place number one. I wouldn't be the best. Do you have moments like that that you can think about and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that?
1: Oh, 100 percent. I mean, even down to like my very first competition, um, you know, it was like my mind was okay, but it still wasn't just right. Um, Because I actually had a third degree, degree sprain in my ankle, um right before I decided that I was going to go into my, you know, long extended diet. And so for the first um nine weeks, I was training on a sprained ankle, which is just crazy. Like I couldn't even, yeah, like I couldn't even say like, okay, wait, you know what I mean? Like, I was just so adamant about like, I needed that sense of control. There's so many facets that go into the issues that I had with chasing perfection, the need for, you know, false sense of control, um, the feelings of unworthiness, all the issues going on in my life. But one of those things was this false sense of control. And I just needed that at that time because there was so much going on in my life that I just felt, you know, like that was just my way of coping. Um, unfortunately not a healthy way, but I couldn't even like put that aside and say, okay, maybe I should wait until my leg is healed. Um, And yeah, just a lot of stuff. Like I remember, you know, as an ICU nurse, you know, my brain has to function pretty pretty top notch all the time. Like I'm dealing with people's lives, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember sitting next next to my coworker and getting report and I just couldn't even pay attention. Like I was not there because I was so incredibly depleted. Like, I was not getting enough food, and my brain was not able to function. And, I mean, I just look on back on that, and I'm like, what the heck was I doing? Like, that is so not okay, you know what I mean? But I just – you get so trapped that you don't even – it's like you don't even care. You don't even see it. Like, it just becomes your norm. Like, this is acceptable, you know what I mean? Like, it's just – yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I can just look back and be like, "Oh gosh, what was I doing?" Mm-hmm. That that inner critic voice like
0: becomes your voice, and you start to think that's your main voice, like that is you, and you think it's normal, but it's not. And sometimes it takes a break it takes a break away from that to be able to actually see, "Oh my gosh, like that probably isn't right that I'm being so cruel and mean to myself and putting my body through these crazy things." Do you think it's kind of common for nurses to go through this and i know this is a totally random question but i i've worked with quite a few people that i've had food struggles that are nurses and i don't know if it's just like coincidence or if maybe there's some kind of diet camaraderie that exists within nurses but did you notice anything like that
1: so when i first started um you know I didn't really notice it. Like I was the only one that was really like dieting and really all into this. And of course that inspired other people to get into it. I was their, you know, <laughs> I became their inspiration, which is just, mm-hmm. uh, just so sad now looking back on all of it. Cause it wasn't inspiration at all. It was sadness. Um, but you know, I, I definitely, you know, nursing is predominantly, female driven. Um, there's definitely men without a doubt, but usually it's, it's a bunch of females. I would say about 90, 80% of the people I work with are all females. And I think, um, to with females in general, diet cromodery is really common. Um, and you kind of feed off of that, you know, as women, it just is like, kind of what we do. It's part of, you know, how we um, connect with one another and how we share and how we bond, unfortunately, is talking about, you know, oh, I was bad because I did this or I was good or whatever. Oh, my gosh, you know, I have gained so much weight, whatever it may be. And I think maybe, I don't know, maybe is that there's this idea that they do probably want to be healthy. It's just we have a really twisted idea of what health is. Um, So maybe that's why it's more common or why you're seeing more nurses kind of struggle with it, um, because maybe they are a little bit more conscious with their health, um, but they just have been misguided to away from this holistic approach, if you will, of health, which encompasses mind, body, spirit The whole self versus just the physical component. Mm -hmm. And I've also noticed other
0: patterns whereas, like, people go into work and they're busy for nine hour shifts. And so it kind of forces them to ignore their intuition. Like, they can't just sit down and be like, Where do I want to go to eat today? What do I want (laughs) to eat? And, like, (laughs) Am I hungry? Okay, let's go to this place. And then they go and then they eat and then they're like, okay, my hunger and fullness cues, where am I on a scale from one to 10? Like, you know, like you don't have yeah. that luxury. Whereas I like work from home and I'm like, okay, it's 1.30 or it's noon. I'm kind of feeling hungry, go in the kitchen, like have that whole process. I can do that, but they don't always have that luxury. So I can definitely see how there would be difficulty doing the whole intuitive eating process when a lot of the time, when you're working, you don't have that option. You just have to eat whatever you packed, and you're busy, go, 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 and it's not always this most mindful, peaceful process. Yeah. So that can be frustrating for sure.
1: Absolutely, and I mean, I still work, you know, uh, part time as a nurse. So it's really interesting coming from, you know, where I am now, practicing a more mindful approach to my eating habits, a very more relaxed approach, uh, without rules and restrictions, and allowing guidance from my body, but there's also real life. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a whole other area of people that do work and there's nurses and like hairstylists have the same thing where they work these extended hours and they're go, go, go and crazy. And you're right. They're not going to have the chance. And I don't have the chance to sit and be really in tune with my body. Sometimes it's, you know, late in the day and I feel like my hunger is at like a 10 and it's like, well, it went from zero to 10, but that's because I was so busy trying to you know, service my patient. Um,
0: yeah, and that can cause those binges. Like I've, I've seen that too within my clients where they just, they're so busy and they don't really get to eat and then they're starving. So then after a very long shift, they just start eating everything and then they feel guilty for it. And it's like, man, this is, it's difficult. It's difficult to make this work for a lot of people who want to be able to fix their eating issues, but also have to work these long shifts and can't really figure out their food issues when they need to. So I've noticed yeah. that for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely can lead to that. And I think it's just a matter of really just being compassionate with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Realize like you're human and you're trying to do the best that you can with any given situation. And as long as that's what you're trying to do, then like you're fine. You know what I mean? Like practice that compassion. I mean, compassion is such a huge, huge component, um, at least for me and my journey, just having compassion be at the forefront of so much stuff.
0: Yep, exactly. So important. So, when it came time to start eating the food again, when you were like, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's get off this fit chick caboose. I'm ready to have food freedom. First of all, what did that feel like in your gut? Like how scared were you? Cause I know I was pretty scared.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I was so scared and uncomfortable without a doubt. I mean, and that it is scary because you're, you're, You know, when you come from the background like we have, or really anybody that's been on a diet or followed a meal plan or whatever you choose to say, uh, macros, whatever the heck, um, you really have not developed that trust within yourself. You've completely put your trust on outside sources, outside people. And that's really difficult because trust has to like you have to build that within yourself. So it was really, really challenging. It was scary as all hell. Um, you know, just not only the fear of food, but when you really look at it, fear of what the food's going to do to my body is what the real issue was. Because <laughs> um, I love food, I wanted to eat, but mm-hmm. it, was the, it was the side effect of what I thought food would do and what it could possibly do that was so fearful for me. Um, so that's what I really had to work on was that huge component of body, unconditional body acceptance of being like, okay, you know what, I, I need to accept my body no matter what. Um, and then just going out and trying my, best to like focus on life versus like being in my own head all the time. So it was super scary. Um, It was definitely challenging of like resistance where I would like lean in and then I would like go back and be like, no, this is too much. And then I'd like lean in again. And then eventually like I leaned in enough times that I finally was like, okay, let me just release these shackles completely and just let go and be
0: free. Do you have a memory of any particular meal that you faced where it was just like one of those... Moments, a turning point moment where you ate something and
1: it wasn't like the end end of your world. I don't, you know, and it's funny, though, because like, those moments still kind of they don't pop up, but they're just like, Oh, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, I went to the movies. uh, One that just recently happened is I went to the movies probably a few months ago. And I didn't really notice over the fact that like, I hadn't had popcorn like movie, movie theater popcorn um, for like years because of my dieting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I wasn't really thinking about it. I was like, oh, Okay, let me just get some popcorn because you know, we're at the movies and I sat down and I was eating it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot. Like I forgot the whole experience of a movie of like having popcorn and like, you know, being with your significant other or your friends or whatever in your (laughs) 3d glasses and just really getting into the whole experience. And I was like, I have those moments where it's just like, wow, you know, like I've come so far um, because I, that would have never happened before. Um, Or just the spontaneity of going out with, you know, friends, you know, on on, in the blue and being like, okay, let's go have lunch, you know, whatever it may be. Um, But there wasn't one particular moment, I think maybe like being able to have a cheeseburger and fries was without like feeling the need to do something about it later. Um, That was pretty strong for me. That was probably one of the ones that I was like, okay, I'm okay. Yeah, I still have those moments. Like I still have moments where there are certain
0: foods that I have not eaten since before my E. D. Like I really haven't. Like maybe I've had a bite of it, but I haven't had like a full plate of certain things. And it's not necessarily because I'm terrified of them still. It's because I'm not really craving them at all. And I think it's kind of a combination where it's still like, oh, what's it gonna do to me? And then it's like, ah, well I'd rather have blah 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 instead than than figuring it out. You know? Like I still have to work through those things. And it's definitely a process and I hope that brings some kind of A piece to people listening to this. It's not like we have every single thing figured out and we're completely there and we're completely healed. Like, for me, yeah, I don't know about you and where you are, but like, (laughs) no, especially recently, I went, I was traveling. Um, so I was in Thailand and like it was beautiful, by the way. Beautiful. I just keep thinking about it. I'm like so (laughs) missing it, but that's besides the point, anyways. I was eating a lot of different foods and i've mentioned this on my blog and i think i talked about it a bit in my last podcast but i always thought thailand would be the healthiest place ever for some reason i think it's because of instagram because like all these people on instagram are like look at my fresh fruit and like look at all this i'm eating and it's always like the super healthy like you know instagram and when i got there yes there was a lot of fresh fruit and it was delicious also If you're going to actually eat a meal, like you're going to order a meal, not just like buy fruit, buy it from a stand. Normally it's fried rice, fried noodle, pad thai, um, curry dishes. I love curry, by the way. So that wasn't like. A huge deal for me but where I was staying I was staying at this thing called a homestay and we would go on a lot of excursions so we'd have to have packed lunches so we didn't have an option so they would pack pad thai for us they would pack fried rice for us they pack like the easy portable things and for the first week of it I was like yeah this is cool I love trying new foods but then I reached a limit where it was it was two weeks long and 10 days total at that homestay so I remember getting to this point waking up one morning and I'm like gosh I would kill to have just some oatmeal Like something basic, standard, like a tried and true food that I just know is always there for me, but I couldn't necessarily do that. I had to keep eating what they were giving me. And it was a huge test for me being like, if I want to travel more, which I do, can I do this? Can I get out of my comfort zone and surrender and rest? And it was definitely, there were definitely moments where I was feeling on edge, maybe a little bit snippy, just, but I had to work through it. And I was like, okay, it's okay. This is a daunt going to kill me if anything this is going to um in a way save me it's gonna help me like it's going to be good for me i've got to eat and i can i can get through this and i just had to relax and know when i get back home i can eat my food my special little food if i want um, but enjoy it while I have it because it's not every day you get to eat authentic pad thai, right? Like, yeah. and it, you're fortunate. You're lucky that you're here having pad thai for the third time this week. Like you're lucky, like enjoy it and have fun with it and, and walk your talk. So I had to rest in that, but I, I did have moments where I was, ah,
1: but you mm-hmm. know, it was good. It was good for me. Yeah. I mean, I, if anybody, I feel like anybody that promotes, Body positivity or body, you know, having a good relationship with your body and food. If they say that they're 100% like all fine and dandy. I'm sorry but I just I just have a hard time believing that because your inner critic is never completely goes away um it's never just completely like oh poof gone you know whatever it's just that you learn how to maneuver a, like with it and navigate and learn how to not give in to compulsions and relax around it and let go and practice that compassion and self-love that really that it really needs um, so yeah I mean there's still times with other stuff that like, you know, I still struggle with. One of my biggest struggles because I am so still into fitness um, is, you know, learning still to, to release those shackles. And I've done, it's taken me a long time, a long, long time to be able to come to a place of like, okay, um, be able to set athletic goals for myself and not become obsessed Ugh. or chase perfection or let's, all or nothing.
0: Let's talk about that. Go into yeah. that. Tell me how you do that, because I I I don't even know. How do you do that?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm a power lifter. I compete in powerlifting about once a year. I've competed twice now. I usually do it in the fall. Um, and you know, like I said in the very beginning with my intro, is like I got into movement. The very first thing that I fell in love with was strength training. So when I was breaking away from all this. It's all intertwined, body, food, and fitness. It's all truly intertwined for me. And I think a lot of people it is. Um, but I had to take a step back and say, okay, (laughs) let's get out of the gym and figure out what is it that I really, really enjoy. And one of the questions that always stands with me is if this wasn't going to change my body, would I still do it? Because if that's the case then I know I'm going I'm truly enjoying it and I know that I'm going to be able to do it in a, in a way hopefully that is going to be sustainable and something that's going to bring bring add more to my life versus take away from it. So like I said, it's taken me two years to finally get to the point of just being okay. Um, and it was trial and error and just like practicing that compassion and really like backing down. Like anytime that I started to feel like all or nothing or like, um, you know, black and white or chasing perfection, I just stopped. I would say, okay, let me, let me relax a little bit. Let me take a step back. Let me reevaluate. Let me do more internal work. Let me figure out what's going on uh, what's really behind those feelings. Let me heal that first. And then let me try again. Um, so it's taken, it's taken a lot, but I think one of the biggest things is like, really getting away from comparison, knowing your intention behind why you're doing it. Um, that was really important for me. Like I'm not doing that for anybody else. I'm not competing for anybody else. I don't really care if I get a trophy, even I'm doing it because it's enjoyable to me. And I do think that it's fun to have goals. I like, enjoy, I enjoy working at that. Um, I enjoy celebrating what my body can physically do, um, and seeing seeing you know the weight and not only that but my relationship with powerlifting did help my journey it wasn't the end-all be-all to it but it absolutely helped my journey because it was from moving from a place of this is what my body looks like to this is what my body can do and on top of that moving from a place of eat less, eat less, eat less to, okay, well, you're going to have 300 pounds on your back. So you know what? You, you need some food. <laughs> like So um, and learning to rest because, you know, in bikini competitions, when I was in prep, it was go, go, go all the time, like burn more, do more, do more and with powerlifting you can't do that or else you'll get injured so you have to relax you have to listen to your body you have to honor those signals that your body is telling you to chill the crap out maybe you just need to sit on the couch and watch some tv or read a book or go on a walk or do nothing um and learning really encompassing self-care as like a more of a whole thing versus just physical. So um, it's taken a lot of time, a lot of practice, um, but just like being patient and gentle was was really important for me. Was there a time where you had to just stop doing everything
0: and just relax for a while, or did you kind of just glide right into powerlifting?
1: I took a significant step back. I actually uh, didn't go to the gym for probably about four weeks. Um, wasn't that long, but it was long enough for me to just like take a step back and figure out what the heck I wanted to do. Because in general, I enjoy moving my body. I like the way that it makes me feel. Um, I really do. But I just had to let go of some of those shackles that, you know, those limiting false beliefs that I kept telling myself that narrative, you know, like I had to go back and like detach from it being purely about aesthetics and, Dependent on how much I ate and really focusing on how does this make me feel and how is this going to add to my life? Is it adding to my life or is it taking away? That's really important too. Like if it's taking away, then it doesn't need, it doesn't belong.
0: yeah if I could recommend everyone listening to this podcast episode to do one thing if you feel like you have this voice in your head that's just not quite right like it's probably not that encouraging take a break from the gym like that I took one that was two weeks off when I first started my disengaging from fitness modeling stuff and it was like ah so hard it was so hard I was just itching out of my skin and then I finally got back to the gym Actually, no, that that first time was one week. It was one week off. And I was like, gotta get back, gotta get back. I went back and then my, that voice, that cruel voice was a little bit louder. I could hear it. I could actually hear it. Instead of it just blending in with my me voice, I could hear it. And I was like, wow, okay, I need, more work needs to be done. So then I did the four weeks off and just took walks and and it was so helpful it actually helped me to intuitive eat much better because i finally practice intuition in one area of my life and it was easier to practice it in another one i think they're very com- uh, linked so when i went back to the gym after that four weeks then the, the voice was really loud because for a whole four weeks i was nice to myself because i didn't go into that that toxic environment for me it's very toxic so when i went back I could hear like, oh, your triceps aren't big enough. Oh, look at that fat around your belly. Oh, my gosh. Like you need to be doing German volume training right now. Like all these voices. And I was just like looking at myself either being mean to myself or in vain, like feeling vain. Like, I, oh, look at that butt. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like I didn't like either of those sides. I didn't like the cocky side. And I didn't like the... Um, self-sabotaging side. Neither one were really helpful so I thought okay it's been four weeks maybe like this really isn't serving me in my life right now which is when I started doing CrossFit and then that transitioned into the complete opposite pole dancing and now I'm in a yoga thing and it's been really nice. I just kind of have come to terms with the fact that maybe I'll never absolutely love doing one thing maybe my whole life will now be spent gliding from one phase to another to another um but all I can say is right now I've been doing yoga for a while and I'm absolutely loving it and it's driving really 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 well with me so maybe this will be something I stick with for a while maybe not I don't
1: know I'm surrendering it's whatever happens yeah and I think you bring up a really good point though you know what I mean like I even though I I compete in powerlifting like there's a whole you know, uh, nine months of other stuff that I do. You know what I mean? Like it isn't, um, just focused on one specific thing. There's always like, I tried a lot of stuff with, after I got, took those four weeks off, I tried like so much stuff, yoga, Zumba, biking, hiking, just walking, dancing in my house, like just so much stuff that way. Like I have, a bunch of stuff because like, I don't wanna be bored. Like I don't wanna just do one thing that just gets really boring and mind numbing to me and that's just not what I'm about. So, and the other thing I think that is important is that like, you don't have to be in the gym. Like, I think there's this this idea that you have to be in the gym and, and you don't. Like you have to really, in my opinion, do what feels best for you and only you really know that. And I think it takes looking within yourself and asking yourself those questions. Like what what is it that I need? What is it that's best for me? Not what everyone else is doing. Like, you you have to do what's, yeah. Yeah, you do
0: not need to prove yourself to anyone. Like, when I go into the, I go into the gym every once in a while. Like, probably once every six weeks. Like, a gym gym. Not like a, like a, like just like a a typical weightlifting gym. And every time I go in, someone tries to sell me on a membership. And it's funny because I'll say something like, oh, it's really hard for me to stick with a membership these days. And they think it's because I'm not, quote disciplined i don't have (laughs) willpower and i don't feel the need anymore to explain my story and be like oh no no it's not because i don't have discipline i have so much of that No, no, no no it's because blah, blah 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 and here's my story blah 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 like now when people think that i really don't care like it's it's interesting because once upon a time even even probably A year ago, maybe even seven months ago, if I were to go into a gym and someone was selling me a membership, I'd have to puff up my chest and say, no, listen to my whole story, my background. Like, you'll understand more why I can't have a gym membership. And now I'm like... No, it's just not worth it. Like I know myself, I'm confident in my story. And if they think it's because they don't have discipline, willpower, blah, 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 that's okay. What is that to me? Like it doesn't serve me. So I don't feel like I need to prove myself to them, to the world. I just want to be happy. Right. That's it.
1: Exactly. And that's, that's what it is about for me too. I mean, you know, one of the biggest struggles is that feeling of needing to like prove myself to somebody like just, you know, oh, well, let me let me let me prove my strength. And now I'm just like, I don't freaking care. Like, (laughs) I don't like I really don't like I'm just here for me. And my body is going to do what it wants to do. And I'm not going to like, do anything that's going to jeopardize it. I'm sorry. Like, you know, there's there's this idea that you had to push harder, push harder, push harder. And I'm so not for that. Like, I am such a gentle person with my body, even though powerlifting is considered more extreme. But for me, I'm going to do it in a gentle and loving way. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about the initial stages of you watching your body change because I know so many people ask me about this and I've shared my thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours. Whenever you were going from being super (laughs) lean, as they like to Mm -hmm. say in the industry, to... Uh, I don't know, just gaining gaining some much-needed weight, I'm sure, that weight that allowed you to have freedom and happiness. How did that process look for you? How
1: did you get through it? Oh, man, that process was messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was because it was, it was really difficult. Um, you know, my identity was so attached to this very specific look um, and letting go of that and, you know, this idea that weight gain um, – that I bought into and believed for a really long time that weight gain was bad um, and was like, oh, I'm gonna look like a failure, I'm gonna look like this or that, or what are people gonna say, what what about this? Like all these like crazy things that happened in my head about what if, what if, what if, um, it was really challenging. I mean, it, it affected not only myself, but my relationship with my um, fiance as well because it was really challenging for me because um, you know, he was involved with the whole process. Um, So it was, it was super, super challenging. Um, it, I went through a lot of clothes. (laughs) I went through, um, you know, uh, practicing a lot of compassion and just doing that internal work and getting behind like what's going on with me. Why am I feeling this way? Um, how can I make myself, you know, feel better doing those self care practices? Um, and you know, having a really great support system, but it was it was really challenging. Um, but I think that when those challenges would pop up, I would have to, or those thoughts would pop up, I would challenge it and say, "Is this really my truth? Is this really like the narrative that I want to buy into and believe now?" Um, and obviously like seeing other bodies did so much for me, um, being in the body positive community and seeing different shape, sizes, um, abilities, ages, all that stuff. Um, I think just the visual component of that really helped and obviously detoxing away from, uh, That's the only detox that I'll advocate (laughs) for, but, Mm -hmm. um. You know getting getting rid of that constantly like in my face and just being okay and then the other thing that i think was really 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 powerful for me was trying my damn best to get out of my own head and going out and living that life like as uncomfortable as it was it would seem like the first time putting on a bathing suit in my changing body, or the first time I did this or that or the other, whatever it may be, just trying my best to go out and live. Um, And then focusing on that, the experiences, the connections with, you know, the people that I had forgotten about almost because I was so obsessed with my food. Um, And just being present in life and outside of my own head really helps a lot.
0: Right. Ironically, it helps me every now and then to think back to My fitness competition days, because I don't know if you had this experience, but when I was backstage getting ready, getting our our tans, you know, all like seven of us girls naked together getting tanned. Did you have did you do that? Yes. Okay, yeah. That was always a little bit weird. Like, all of us just spreading our legs, getting tanned, (laughs) like (laughs) right next to each other. Seven girls getting tanned, seven girls tanning. Like, that was just an interesting experience. But what I will say is this moment where I was expecting to see the most perfect of all bodies, all of us competing against each other, like head to head, who has the most perfect body, blah, blah, blah. But behind the stage, actually getting tanned, I remember seeing so many imperfections. Like, And and they're imperfections you do not see whenever everyone gets their pictures taken on that stage, whenever they have their tan done, they're in their suits, it's all photoshopped. Uh I remember being back there with the most perfect of perfect bodies, so I thought, so everyone says. And remember seeing inverted nipples, like really interesting um, beauty marks all over different places, like still seeing cellulite, still seeing, you know, Area sagging and thinking wow like this is real like even whenever you think it's going to be all of the most perfect bodies everyone still has imperfections all of us everyone mm-hmm. and that helps me every now and then today just thinking like okay whenever i was trying to get to that most perfect body even then perfections are not real it's photoshop and all of these pictures that we see of the after like editing pro magic that we think that's real. That must be real. I have to have that, but no, that is not true. That is not real life. And that's one thing that helped me a lot. But of course now I just think today, whenever I have moments of like, Ooh, I want to look like that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I go back there mentally to that place I was at. My worst nightmare was to gain weight. I think for a lot of people subconsciously, that's their worst nightmare because they're, they're programmed to think that way. And once you have, achieved that worst nightmare, it's happened. You've gained the 15 pounds. You realize life is pretty rocking. I finally have that 15 pounds gave me food freedom. It gave me. Oh my God. So much relaxation, love, like all these awesome things. Do I really want to trade all that just so
1: I can get off 15 pounds and get nothing in return? Yes, exactly. And I think that's one of those things that I say, remember your why, like, remember like where you came from and how that felt. And how much you were missing out on your life, like what's more important to you? Um, and knowing your values, like I have really had to get really real with what I valued in my life, <laughs> I'm like really real. Um, I valued the connection with my best friends and my family and my significant other and going and traveling and like experience different food and different cultures, you know what I mean? Like that's what I valued, I valued life. Like I didn't value when it came down to it um, at the end of the day, looking a specific way. And that's, you know, and that's mm. okay if somebody else. does that's okay but for me specifically that is not what I valued and that's what helped me to keep going is just remembering my why knowing my values and having a really good support system um and you know what it's funny because just like I said like I had the same issue when I had that photo shoot and he was like oh don't worry we'll photoshop this and I'm like oh my god this is one big lie like this is wow okay like what what i've been seeing is not even real and i cannot support that for other people like this is far greater than myself now this is this is i do not want to be that inspiration to another female when in lie. i can't do that
0: how do you feel looking back at those photos of you in those days what what comes up for you when you look at those pictures
1: Oh my gosh, so (laughs) I don't know if you saw my video for Superfit Hero or not, um, but there is actually a video clip of me right before Nationals of me posing um, in my living room. and You you would just have to see it, but that specific video, I stumbled across it like maybe two weeks before the video launched, and man, it rocked my freaking world, I'll tell you what, bringing up a lot of different emotions for me. But the reason why it wasn't like, Oh, I want to go back there. Or, Oh, I wish I like, they look like that. Or like this self, you know, hatred thing. It was like just an overwhelming sense of compassion. It really Mm -hmm. was. I was just like, Oh, you were struggling so much. Like you, I really just want to go and like give that woman who was me a big hug. Um, she, she is part of my story. It is definitely me. I'm not writing that off. It is why I'm here and doing what I do today. But man, I needed some love and compassion. You could see the struggle in my eyes without a doubt. So anytime I see those photos, I just, I, I feel it's very odd. Like I feel very grateful for where I am today. I'm very happy and grateful um, to even go through that process because I think that has added to my story, even though that was a dark time in my life, it's added to where I am now. And it has allowed me to do and speak on what I'm speaking about and helping other people achieve what I have, you know, of. of or achieve what they can with food freedom and body peace. Um, But an overwhelming sense of compassion for that human being, just a lot. It was was very emotional. That's a beautiful reaction.
0: Like, I think that's the goal for a lot of people is to be able to look back at those photos and not feel – Uh, jealous of that body you used to have or envious or longing, but just to have compassion. I think that's so wonderful. So before we head on over to the quickfire round, can you let my audience know where they can connect with you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on my website at saravance.com, and that has all the links to my social media um, from there on Instagram as well as Facebook.
0: Wonderful. And I will have all those links on the show notes for this episode, episode 95. Yep. Okay. Quick fire round time. My favorite part. Well, one of my favorite parts. Yay. (laughs) All right. Number one, two things you cannot live without. Um, pretty sure my dog. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I should have had been clear. You cannot have your dog or family (laughs) members.
1: I know (laughs) we love your dog, but. (laughs) Okay. So. Did you say no? No family members no either. No family is that members. We said? No dogs. No. Okay. No. So, oh boy. Um, two things I cannot live without. Okay. The sun. Um. So the sun. What? I love it. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Not that either. Okay. Fine. Oh, like okay. Material things. Like oh, things. Okay. 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 Fine. <laughs> so, um, I really like lip gloss. How's that? That's good. Okay. Okay, so lip gloss and um, probably some chocolate. I eat chocolate every day, Hmm. so. Good
0: choices.
1: What's a must-read book that we all need to get? I personally love The Gifts of Imperfection. Um, that book was a game changer for me. The chapter on perfection, I'm pretty sure I just highlighted the entire thing. Um, so but I think there's a lot of heavy hitting points that a lot of people it could r- resonate with a lot of people. Um, so that's probably right now one of my absolute favorite books still for me. Sweet. That's been on my list for quite a while. So I'm going to get that.
0: OK, if you could interview anybody, who would it be?
1: Oh, anybody. Oh, man. Honestly, I think I would like to interview like Robin Williams. Um, Yeah. Just, you know, I just think that he he was a beautiful soul and died too young and was really creative. And I would just like to pick his brain.
0: Okay. What is a future dream you're working towards?
1: Uh, Being able to travel and speak
0: heck yeah me too i love it maybe we'll speak together someday that'd be so cool be
1: amazing yeah <laughs> currently what is your
0: favorite meal
1: uh my favorite meal right now oh man probably tacos been mm. eating a lot of tacos lately mm, yeah handheld everything Hashtag. Yeah.
0: uh your closet is it a minimalistic
1: closet or is it packed Um, Pretty minimalistic. I'm definitely like a jeans and t-shirt. I'm like jeans and t-shirt and then it's like fancy dresses. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. What is the next country you want to visit?
1: Oh, gosh, there's so many of them. Um, Man, if I had to pick one, I would say Ireland.
0: Hmm, fun uh let's see
1: best movie you've watched in the past month in the past month a movie i've watched mm-hmm. um so well i just went to the movies let's see on sunday and saw superman versus batman so was it good did you say most favorite movie or just one that i've watched best movie you've watched in the past month oh oh the crazy eight i think that's what it's called it's a weird movie um that was really good it was odd But yes, the the Batman movie was pretty good.
0: If you could challenge everyone listening to this to let go of something, what would that be?
1: Oh, geez, Maddie, you asked some tough questions, (laughs) narrowing it down to one. Um, Let go of one thing. The idea that there's only one way of being in a body.
0: Mm,
1: That's a good one.
0: And last but not least, what is your favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day?
1: Oh, well, that's an easy one, without a <laughs> doubt. Definitely bubble baths, without a doubt. Oh, Dare you, you have those to, often? Oh, my gosh. Like, let's see, probably five days a week. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, every time that I work at the hospital after my 12 hours, I have a bubble bath with Epsom salt and like lavender and candles. And it's just totally my time to just really practice that self-care and rejuvenate from a long day or or just, yeah, it's always my go-to to to just be with myself and relax. I love that.
0: I was so close to taking a bath two days ago. And I take baths like once in a blue moon, but I I didn't listen to my intuition. I should have done it because I was like, today sounds like a great bath day. Maybe I'll do it today.
1: Yeah, I was always a big shower. And just like the last three months, I have like really gone into like just bubble baths. I don't know why, but I I love it. It feels great. I love it.
0: All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This was so wonderful. And I feel like this conversation was just, is going to help so many different people. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. I loved it.
0: All right, everybody, you can go head on over to the uh, website and check out all of the show notes for this episode. And you can go to madimoon.com mbm95 to find all of that. And while you're there, if you haven't yet downloaded 10 Proven Steps for Ending Any Diet Obsession, you can do that on the sidebar. And last but not least, Scripture Food and Healing. Check it out by going to scripturefoodandhealing.com. That is my six-week course. And I would love to see all of y'all there, whoever is interested in healing, disordered eating and body image through the power of scripture. And please let me know if you have any questions on that. All right, guys, see you next time.